0: six months into the project, give or take, where the final handoff was supposed to happen. This unforeseen issue happened with the other investor. Everything was in trust. And we'll just say that it ended up spending the next eight months trying to find this said person. And once everything was solidified and sorted out, basically they ended up having
1: uh, creditors coming after them. They had to bankrupt the business. Hello fellow risk takers and welcome to my worst investment ever stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risk, but to win big, you've got to reduce it. To join our community, go to myworstinvestmentever.com right now, and you'll receive the following five free benefits. First, you get the risk reduction checklist I created from the lessons I've learned from all my guests. Second. You get my weekly investment research email to help you increase investment return. Third, you get a 25% discount on all A Stots Academy courses. Fourth, you get instant access to the Facebook community to get to know the guests and fellow listeners. And finally, you get my curated list of the top 10 podcast episodes. Fellow risk takers, this is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stotts from A Stots Academy, and I'm here with featured guest Jeffrey Potvin. Jeffrey, are you ready to rock? 100%. Glad to be here. Great to have you. Well, let me introduce you to the audience. Jeffrey Potvin is an angel investor in multiple regions who has invested in 55, more than 55 companies. He's a member of seven angel groups and screening committees while being the driving force behind Open People Network, OPN. Now, this Organization OPN is a group of angel investors helping accelerate the growth of early stage startups through the Supporters Fund and Pitch It series. Jeffrey is a lifelong entrepreneur with a proven track record of building companies and reinventing existing businesses. I like that part. He's worked with a list of great clients from startups, enterprises over the years. Jeffrey is a mentor, coach, and loves to climb mountains. Jeffrey, take a minute and fill any further tidbits about your life. Perfect, well, thank you very much, Andrew, for having me. And
0: I guess a, a couple of things I'll add in there is, uh, one, that you always got a mountain to climb. So I think we're, uh, we're climbing them every day. And on my case, I actually do enjoy climbing mountains. There's some pretty amazing mountains around the world that you can jump on. But I think just getting outside and exploring the world and the vast open spaces helps your creativity, helps you think a little better. And, you know, just to all the things that we do and all the things I've done in my, my life, exercise and, and getting out into the world is, is kind of a, a key piece for anything you do. And I'm a lifelong learner. So educating, always reading. I see all the books behind you. I'm a big fan of that. And, and I think a lot of people um, always ask questions about how you get into investing or how I got into all these different things. And I think the best way to look at it is that when you're passionate about something, you'll do whatever it takes to learn it from beginning to end. And you'll want to be the best at it so if that's any uh, any help for your listeners is that as inspiration
1: uh, yep jump in and do it yep there's nothing stopping you except for your mind yep i would love to talk about that the exercise bit and getting out you know one of the challenges these days with the COVID situation is that many people can you know it's hard enough to get people to exercise in this world but now the government's given us real permission not to exercise by closing down you know all the places that we usually go to exercise and i recently wrote a blog post that was about seven pages i did a lot of research on it to see that you know obesity is a huge huge factor in covid and in fact what i learned in pretty much every disease and you know the comorbidities related to obesity you know you don't normally die of obesity you die of Uh, hypertension or diabetes or some other thing that's related or caused by the obesity. And if you look at the comorbidities on COVID, it's all about that. And the other thing that is interesting is that the average person in America gained about 15 pounds over the COVID lockdown periods. And research shows that once someone gains weight, they very rarely lose it. So it's actually the policy that has been implemented drives people towards the highest risk category for COVID and leaves them there because the weight gain is permanent. So I'm all behind you at getting out there. I do it not only for the creativity that you talked about because when I walk, all my ideas come, but the other thing is that I just walk around the closed park and say, F you. I'm walking anyways, I'm riding my bike out there on the street, as long as I'm not violating some law or lockdown that doesn't allow me out, I'm out there. Anything you'd say to that? No, I think that's brilliant. And
0: you really do have to exercise, you know, there was, uh, I learned from a kid, when I was a kid, I read about this inventor in Japan. And what he did is he had invented, I'm going to, I can't remember the number anymore, but it was like, he had 300 or 1300 patents absolutely phenomenal. And what he would do is he had a pool and he would swim in the pool. And as he was going underwater, he had to go to the brink of almost suffocation. And he would, that's where his ideas would come and he'd pop out of the water and write them down. So guess what one of his inventions was, I need to be able to do this underwater. So he created the underwater pen and paper. <laughs> and but the thing was, is that that's how he found how he got his inertia to drive forward and come up with creativity ideas. So in my case, it is through running. It's through the space. It's through being alone. It's through, you know, all of these different facets that are going when I'm being out in the open and having that relaxed moment where I don't have the stresses of the world because I'm running or I'm climbing a mountain. So, just like in your case, it comes through that. So, it's that exertion. It's what's getting you to the brink of exhaustion or passing out. Your creativity comes. It's because it's, again, it's you're doing one rudimentary thing running. You're not doing anything else. You can't have anything else bother you, but your mind's running so to say on the exercise and everything else i think people need to figure out what that is what's that trigger that helps you become creative and solve problems but it also allows for your body makes up a million different chemical reactions every nanosecond and they need to be flushed out to create a balance and then that balance is going to allow you to overcome all of those deep emotions that you have from anxieties to overeating all of them can be solved by just letting your body exhume itself and get out in the world. So I think if everybody takes a moment and says, you know, I'm going to walk five minutes today or 10 minutes and get some air, I think that'll help balance everybody's emotional buildup and allow for a lot of that chemical reaction that's going on in your body,
1: endorphins and everything to kind of get out and allow you to relax and get your mind in the right space. Great stuff. I mean, also for the listeners out there, I personally also believe in fasting and When I talk about fasting, I'm talking about water fasting, meaning that you only drink water and you don't eat any food. And basically I've done that for years in different ways. You know, you got to read about it and you you may want to, if you do an extended, we got to get under some medical supervision. But what I've learned is that fasting, and right now I'm actually on my sixth day of a water fast. And what I've learned, I just learned so much. The first thing that I learned is that hunger, you know that hunger is like a feeling but it's not a need you know that we have enough fat on our body that could last us for 20 days or so for a relatively skinny person and so i learned that i also learned the feeling of burning fat instead of food and that feeling is just fire where you know and then you realize from an evolutionary perspective If in the old days, you know, our ancestors, you know, hundreds and thousands of years ago, if they just got tired and shriveled up when they didn't have some food, well, we wouldn't be here. And so the body has a way of producing this amazing energy. And so I just, you know, I'm experiencing that right now. But also the last and most important benefit is that research has shown that you can use fasting to reset your immunity. And that is fascinating research. And what I've found through that research is that it really is helpful. So when COVID came, I did a water fast. COVID comes back. I'm doing a little water fast again and just resetting my immunity. So exercise, get out there, get in the fresh air, whether it's run, whether it's walk, whether it's ride. And the second thing is that, you know, we don't have to be on the gerbil wheel of food, food, food all the time.
0: I wholeheartedly agree with that. There's uh, researchers found that there's an enzyme that's in your your gut area that hasn't actually morphed since the prehistoric days. So the issue is that our body will always try to collect body fat because it stores it in order to protect itself, as you said, for the times it's not eating. So it's one of the things that didn't change with evolution. So in order to get rid of that, we all wouldn't have the body fat anymore. So they obviously haven't figured out a way to get rid of that. But it's so true. Your body's storing for something that's not going to happen. We all have the ability to eat three times a day, and hopefully everybody has that. And if they mm-hmm. don't, then they do store and try to find ways around it. So in the case of getting out there and exercising, it's needed. It's, it's just a way for you to balance out your day. And I think the air and the oxygen and with COVID happening, I think the best part of it is that so many more people started to realize that. Mm-hmm. I can get outside now. Oh, I can make time for this. And I think if you can build that into your plan of your daily routine, it's great for everybody and it's going to be healthier on, the, on all of society and, and breaking down the
1: numbers in hospitals and everything else because you're being able to balance out your own life. Amen. Well, now it's time to share your worst investment ever. And since no one ever goes into their worst investment thinking it will be, tell us a bit about the circumstance leading up to it and then tell us your story. For sure.
0: Well, I'm excited to share this because when I'm talking to investors, I always say I could write a book about this one example, but the hard thing for me is that I also, I like to share a lot of information about things, but I try to avoid the actual contact of what it is because I think at the end of the day, we're all afraid to share exactly the details that encompass your fault or the thing that you made a mistake on. But the great thing is that I take that mistake and I analyze the Jesus out of it. And I figure out how do I prevent this from happening again? And then how can I share that to prevent others? So, and, and I think, and again, it's a it's a pretty quick one because the way it started was we were working with a company for better part of two years on and off, working through their journey. And an opportunity came up for us to make an investment. And the investment kind of encompassed a couple of things. I wouldn't say they're red flags at the beginning, but they become red flags. And what that was is that, there was um, an opportunity to invest in a new emerging company that had some great IP. And they found an investor that would help them with the production of this end product. So that meant that they were going to contribute a large amount of funds. So we went through this process of doing our deep dive and analysis around the business. And as we started to get further in and got more interested in the business, in what they were doing. We'd already known about it, but now getting further into the deep dive of it, we had requested that we wanted to meet with the investor that was going to pick the ball up and put a lot of money in to make this company successful or at least break ground. So we met the, the investor and as I started to kind of pick brain and learn more about them, I did start asking questions because I had a doubt. And you never want to admit that you had a doubt, but you kept going forward. But the doubt was there and I had questions, but they were able to answer the questions, even though my guts and everything still told me that something didn't feel right. But because the startup, I had been working with them for such a significant amount of time. I trusted that they had been working with this person already for a year and that this was a, a good opportunity. And you don't want to slow down progress. And we were going to come in as a bridge round. so. We looked over it. We did all of the analysis. We came back and said, you know, what? this looks great. We're excited to be part of your your business and where you're going. And we'll come in as that bridge round to help break ground and move it forward. So long and behold, we signed everything off. Everything was good. And about six months into the project, give or take, where the final handoff was supposed to happen.